This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Real, where we go behind the highlight reel and go into the unfiltered. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. I am so excited for today's episode because we are talking all about the rebrand. This has been a long time coming. I've had the same everything for years, but I started my podcast four years ago, which it's crazy that it's been four years already. And I think I like to change it like every two years because I believe I did the cover art, like the most recent cover art. I think I changed it about two years ago. So it's like every two years, I feel like I just need a refresh. And I feel like that's how often I change like my Instagram profile picture too. I mean, maybe I need to start changing that a little bit more often, like once a year type of thing. But I haven't done a rebrand in a really long time. And even the previous one wasn't really a rebrand. It was more of just like an updated cover photo. And so I am so excited because like I said, I've been doing the podcast for a while and I kind of want to go back to like the very beginning of my podcast and just explain my thought process of why I started it and how I came up with it and how I have been doing it for four years. That's not what this podcast is about, but I do want to touch on that. So When I started this four years ago, it was right after I quit my job. If you guys have been with me for a while, you know that I used to work at a company called Accenture. It's a really big consulting firm. And when I worked at Accenture, I only worked there for nine months, but I was still doing social media. So I was still doing YouTube. My YouTube was taking off at that point. I was doing Instagram. TikTok was not a thing at that point. And I didn't have a podcast yet. But podcasting started becoming really popular. I started hearing people listening to podcasts and like post about it on their stories. And then I also started listening myself to podcasts and started really liking it. And at that point, there weren't that many influencer podcasts. I don't want to say I was one of the first podcasters because that's actually a joke. I think like Joe Rogan or like the real original podcaster started like 12 years ago. So I am not an OG podcaster by any means. But when I did start, it wasn't this like influx of like, I kind of started when everyone else started. You know, I was in the wave of like everyone starting a podcast. Like I was in that group of people. And so there were a few other influencer podcasts, but not that many. Like I know there was Gals on the Go. I think um, Katie Bellotti had started a podcast. And those are like really the only two that I remember that had actually started podcast and like the lifestyle space. But I really wanted to start because I started listening to people that were interviewing others. And they were interviewing like super successful entrepreneurs and super successful founders. And I loved them. Like I was always very business minded. And this is before I started Rella. But I mean, I'm still working a corporate job. But I just like loved listening to like business podcast, people interviewing people. And I thought, why is there no podcast that people are just interviewing cool people in their lives? They're not famous necessarily. Like if you look at the title, you're not going to necessarily know their name. But I wanted to use my platform to give a platform to others and show the real real, not the highlight real. And that was always my goal was to kind of like strip the curtain and show what's behind the highlight reel, especially because my life has been on social media for the past 12 years. And so my life was part of this highlight reel where I had like a highlight reel of my life, like especially early days of social media. You were not getting vulnerable on there. You were not sharing the ups and downs. You were just sharing the ups. You were not, you know, crying on camera or you weren't, you know, talking about your struggles or anything like that. Like this was like perfect YouTube 
when I first started. And when I started my podcast, people started becoming more vulnerable and authentic and real. And it was kind of like the days of like Emma Chamberlain, where she was, I think, a breath of fresh air for a lot of people because she was no filter and she was just like her authentic self. And then obviously that started becoming a trend. But that was the era of social media that we were in at the time. And so I wanted to use my platform to give a platform to people that might not have it, like my best friends and people in my life and people that I just genuinely came across that I was inspired by. And there were so many people that I would meet and I'm like, oh my God, you have such a cool story. But just because you don't have a lot of followers in social media doesn't mean that you know you shouldn't share your story. And so that's kind of how it originally started. I always knew I did want to interview people, though, that were well-known. I wanted to interview influencers. I wanted to interview founders and, you know, people that were famous and celebrities. And I always wanted that. But I wanted to ask questions and kind of get behind the scenes of, like, how you made it and how you got to that point and, like, the struggles and the hardships and the challenges and your, like, emotions in that point rather than just, oh, like, Tell me about like the latest book you're working on right now and like all of the successes. And at that time when I started this podcast, there definitely were podcasts where people were interviewing people and that's why I gravitated towards that. But I wanted to make it my own and I wanted to make it with my interest. And so that's why I started The Real Real. And I came up with the name because I kept thinking about like the words highlight reel and social media. And that was like just such a big part of my life. So that's how I came up with the name The Real Real. And that was four years ago. So when I quit my job, I knew while I was working a corporate job, I would not have time to do social media and a podcast. So I made it my goal that when I did quit my job, I was going to start my podcast. And so that's where it started in this late spring slash early summer of 2019, which is crazy. So it's been over four years. I don't think I've missed a single week. I think I took a break one week. I forget why I took a break, but it was like an intentional, like I'm going to not post this week intentionally, but I have never missed a week in four years, which is honestly crazy. I haven't been consistent with like Mondays, like sometimes I'll upload late, but I don't think I've ever actually missed a full week. I've done one week where it's been like a, oh, this is a podcast from the past, like a recirculating one. So I guess that technically might count. But yeah, besides that, I don't think I've missed a week of podcasting. So it's been the most consistent thing. And it's so fun. Like, I think it's just so, so much fun. And so with this rebrand, I'm not really changing the, you know, behind the scenes. I want this to be behind the scenes of the highlight reel. Like, it's still the real reel. However, I wanted to take the focus a little bit more away from just having like random guests and I wanted to be more intentional with it. I wanted to share more of an unfiltered side of even my life. I feel like with social media, it's been really hard to manage like vlogs and TikTok and, you know, YouTube and podcasts. But one thing that I just like love doing is sitting down and talking to you and I haven't been as, you know, active with vlogs as I used to be. I really want to bring it back, but I really miss sitting down and talking to you. And so I love that podcasting has now become a video component as well. Like I'm filming all of these episodes, even my solo episodes. If you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment. And if you're not watching on YouTube and you, you know, want to kind of see like the behind the scenes or like what it looks like while I'm recording, then it does live on my main YouTube channel, which is just my name. But yeah, I just I really wanted it to be more of an unfiltered podcast where we go behind the scenes of a highlight reel, but it's just me unfiltered and the guests that I have are going to be a lot more strategic. 
I think before I've loved all the guests that I've had, but I think before when I was mainly just an interviewed podcast, I would scramble and have to find any random guests. And sometimes I'm like, wait, like this guest doesn't make as much sense or I didn't know I would do research on them like an hour before the show you know, before we started recording and that's on me. It's not on my guests at all, but I just felt like it wasn't intentional. And there were some guests that I wasn't necessarily as excited for, or I just kind of had them on because they asked to be on my podcast. And I'm starting to be a lot more strategic and picky because like, I want us this little, whoever listens to my podcast, like our community, I want it to feel a lot more intimate and I want it to feel very like you guys are involved in the process. You Everything makes sense. Like I'm thinking about you first before I just bring on a random guest that might not resonate with you guys and might not even resonate with myself. And so this isn't to bash any previous guests because I actually have loved all my guests. Once I start talking to them, I really like them. But I think it's that mindset going into it. If you're like scrambling to find someone versus I am so excited because I want to talk about this, this, and this. And even if they're not famous, like I'm not trying to only bring on people with followers or people that are famous or people that have a successful business. Like I do still want to bring on my friends, which you guys have seen a lot more of my friends on here. I want it to be like an unfiltered part of my life and our interests as a community and just have it be a little bit more strategic. So if you have any guest requests, please let me know. But I want it to feel like you are just like peeling the curtain of the highlight reel. We're getting into the real 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 and you guys are sitting here on the floor with me and we're just having a conversation or when I have a guest you guys are sitting in like my living room on the chair over there and you're just eavesdropping and listening in like I want it to feel super conversational and super intimate and I think by doing interview podcasts in person and videoing them as well it can help with that but I'm just trying to level up my podcast game if you guys know what I mean. So that's an announcement with the rebrand and I am so excited for it. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. And with this rebrand, I do want to include a segment into the podcast. And these might change throughout the months, but we might experiment with some of them. But I wanted to share like an unfiltered segment. So I want to ask the guests or if it's a solo episode myself, something that, you know, maybe wasn't posted on social media, an unfiltered moment where you want to share it with the podcast where it's like, this didn't go up on social media, but I'm going to share it on the mic. And so I'd like to call it the unfiltered segment. But with this, for example, this week, my unfiltered moment. So this past weekend, all of my friends were in Charlotte, which if you didn't listen to last week's episode with Chanel, please listen to it because it was such a good episode. She's one of my really great friends and she is a pro tennis player. And like, it was just such a good episode. And I learned so much about her, even though we're friends. Like I was like, wait, Chanel, I didn't know any of this. But anyways, last week we were all in Charlotte. So that's why I recorded with her. And it was such a good episode. But I had all of my friends, all my girlfriends, a group of seven of us come to Charlotte and it was so much fun. I'm just like so thankful for the group of girls in my life. I've never had a group of girlfriends before. I've always had individual friends that were girls, but I never had a group of girlfriends. And I feel like so many times people will tell you it's catty, there's drama, people talk bad about each other. And that just like does not happen with our friends. Like I love them so much and there's no drama. There's no cattiness. I also maybe think it's because of the age. We're all in our late 20s. Well, for the most part, Sydney's 24, but for the most part, we're all in our late 20s. And so I just, I would hope that there's no drama and there, I mean, there hasn't been with us, but it was such an amazing trip. And then they all left on Sunday. I stayed in Charlotte until Tuesday and I flew to New York City for a dinner. I left Tuesday at 12. I landed at 2 and then I left the next Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. That was my flight. My flight was out at 7. So I had to wake up at 5 and head to the airport. So I had very little time in New York and I went for a dinner. But one thing that I didn't talk about is 
the insane imposter syndrome I felt. And I feel like I didn't share this on Instagram, at least because some really impressive investors and founders follow me. And I don't want it seem like I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't want to seem like I, you know, have doubts or anything like that. Doubts in terms of like the business, I don't. But in terms of like imposter syndrome, like, oh my gosh, I'm in this room with people that, you know, have years and years of experience and I'm just starting out or they have created such successful companies and like I'm just starting in my journey of like being an entrepreneur and it can be really intimidating. And so I don't like sharing that because sometimes I feel like it's like a negative perception. And so I try to be like, you know, super confident. And I was actually talking to my friend about this in New York. We were talking about how, you know, sometimes on social media, people want to appear super confident, like no nonsense, like I'm the best. I know what I'm doing, even though that's I don't know if it does a negative effect, you know, like I'm like, okay, yeah, you want people to see your confidence and see that you know what you're doing. But at the end of the day, we all feel imposter syndrome and we all feel vulnerable sometimes. So why don't we just like admit it? Like everyone feels that way. I'll listen to podcasts with founders that have created billion dollar companies and they feel that way too. So I don't know why we're scared to do it. Like, I don't know why I'm like, "Hmm, I can't talk about that because that might come across as me like not being confident and it shouldn't be. But yeah, that was my like unfiltered moment was I went to this dinner. There were some amazing, amazing founders, like the founder of Rent the Runway. There was an investment fund that was like really impressive. Founder of Tula Skincare. So many incredible, incredible people were there. And the CEO of Betterment, which is like a huge company. I literally use that for my like SEP IRA for like my retirement funds. Who else? That was like super impressive. The CEO of Dispo, which is like David Dobrik's camera company was there. There were just like a lot of really cool people that there were people that had like fashion brands for the past decade. It was super cool to be in the same room as them and in the same conversation. There was like, there was an executive from Target, another like exec from Hearst, which is like a huge publication I don't know. It was just so cool. And I have felt so much imposter syndrome, but everyone was so kind and nice and supportive. And it just made me feel really confident and secure in what I was doing. But definitely going there and meeting the people for the first time, I definitely felt imposter syndrome. And I don't like to portray that on Instagram because I want to look like I'm, you know, this super confident person. And while obviously I think overall I'm a confident person, there's definitely moments when I feel really insecure and inadequate. And quickly, like once we were in the middle of the dinner and stuff, I didn't feel that way anymore because everyone was super welcoming. But it's just intimidating when you see those names and then you get to like see them in person and meet them and you're like, oh, we're way more similar than we are different. But yeah, that I guess was my unfiltered moment from this week. The segment will probably get a little bit more polished as time goes on. But anyways, I wanted to talk this week about rebranding yourself and being able to just like rebrand your personal brand and going through like, I don't think a rebrand needs to just be for a podcast or for a business. Like, I think you can rebrand yourself. And so I want to talk about that. And especially the sense of like, personal branding. I know, for example, people will always say like with personal branding, you have to stick to a niche. You have to, you know, focus on one thing. If you're fitness, you focus on fitness. If you're food, you focus on food. If you're business, you focus on business. And I cannot like hate that more. I hate focusing on a specific niche. And 
I do think it helps. Like I'm not saying that that advice is bad. I'm just saying my natural inclination is not to niche down. My natural inclination is to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Like I hope that when you follow me on Instagram, it doesn't feel like you're following an influencer. It feels like you're following a friend because I post for my friends. And then I'm like, oh, thousands of people are seeing this. But when I'm posting, I'm posting for my friends and like for people that know me in real life. And I hope that that comes across when you follow me because I want it to feel like we're friends. I don't want it to feel like I'm this influencer that's just like shoving recommendations and products and like stuff down your face. Like, of course, when I do recommendations and stuff, it's like I am recommending it because also like I will be recommending it to my friends. So I think when I do that, I always have like that in mind. But I am not a niche person. Like I like to talk about so many random things. And I actually think that's okay. And I want to like reclaim being multifaceted and not feeling the need to niche down on social media. However, if you do decide to niche down, I think that it's better if you're going to niche down, that's fine. But if you're someone like me and you're multifaceted, I think it's best to stick to like pillars of content and like things that are going on in your life. Like right now, my content is about startup content and then like Miami content and then lifestyle is super broad, but just like a 27-year-old girl's interests, you know, which can be a lot of different things. But I think for the most part, it's like fashion and home and just like adulting stuff, which is definitely broad. But those are the content pillars. Like I'm not going to sit here. I mean, I guess like what would be totally off brand for me to do and totally off brand for me to do would be like, hey, guys, here's a 30 minute hit workout follow along. Like that is not me at all. It's not why people follow me. If I included it in a vlog, like, hey, here's the workout that I do. That's the way to include it in the content pillar. But like a, hey, follow along and turn this video on and do this workout with me is not something I would do. Fun fact though, I did do a butt workout once on YouTube. It's still up. I was like, I'm just going to show people what I do for that. And it did not perform well. And yeah, off brand. I don't know why I did that. So that's an example of like what would be off brand and like not for me. But I also think if you are niching down or even if you have content pillars, it is normal for you to change those over time. And I think that's when people get really scared. They're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to, you know, I can't, I can't niche down because like, what if I don't want to post about this content all the time? That is where the rebrand comes in. Rebrand yourself. There is nothing wrong with rebranding yourself and it is so exciting to do it if all of a sudden you want to stop posting your fitness videos if all of a sudden you want to stop posting your like fashion videos just do a rebrand three years ago startup content was not a content pillar of mine but it is one of the biggest content pillars now because as my life evolves so does my content and I think that's okay and I think we have to accept that instead of trying to fight it because rebranding is like so much fun. So that's one thing that I would say with that. I also think if we're talking about personal branding and social media, you can use different platforms for different reasons. Like for example, LinkedIn for me is where I'm going to be professional and polished and I want to be viewed as like an expert. TikTok is more fun and casual and I'm just like, I don't care like what I'm posting. I'm just posting random stuff. Instagram, it's for my community. Like I said, I post on Instagram as if I'm posting for my friends. So I'm posting different content on there and in a different way. I'm posting on Instagram to like hopefully evoke some conversation for people to ask me questions for or all ask questions so I can get answers from the community. I'm using it as kind of like 
a big group chat. I know that there are apps for that. Like people use Geneva and Slack and that's another way. I can't handle anything else right now. So for me, I use Instagram to communicate with my community. Truthfully, I think today you need to kind of have a different persona or not persona, but a different strategy for every platform if you do want to like do a complete rebrand. For example, I'm going to post a lot of, you know, this podcast. I'm going to be able to post it in like a listicle format on LinkedIn. I'm going to post a few short clips on Instagram and TikTok. I'm going to post the long form content on YouTube and then obviously the audio version on like Spotify and Apple. So I think that you need to have a different strategy. You can use the same content, but you need to have like different strategies for all of the platforms and in order to have a successful rebrand so people can kind of view you on different platforms, but you're saying the same message. Does that make sense? So it's not like super scattered all over the place. It's the same message, but it's attracting like a different audience and they're seeing you multiple times. So they like feel, you know, your rebrand is just like seared into their head. That's what I'm hopefully going to do with this podcast. Like, for example, I'm going to post the cover art as a collab post with my podcast account and my personal account. I'm going to post on stories. I'm going to post this on YouTube. I'm going to post the audio version. And then I'm going to get some short form clips and show the reels on reels and TikTok. And that's what I'm going to do. So I do think that it's really helpful to have different strategies for every platform. And I also think if you're someone who's rebranding, you're trying to get into another niche, you can slowly start kind of like dip your toe into it. Like, for example, for me with startup content, I didn't automatically be like, hey, guys, I'm posting about startup content. It was like I posted one video. I saw how people reacted. I I tried to incorporate it more into like my other content and started posting little by little versus when I posted that random glute workout, which like, why did I do that on my YouTube channel and it didn't do well? I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely not for me. Maybe if I continued to do it, it would have done well. But I like quickly realized that the reception was not there versus my startup content. People were interested right away. And so I started, you know, dipping my toe in and sprinkling that content before I just kind of became known as someone in business on YouTube. When I was in college, I was known as someone who did engineering. When I was in postgrad, I was known as someone who worked at a consulting company. And now I feel like people don't even talk about those days. They just know me as a startup founder. And it's because I've been slowly introducing people to it. It wasn't like a total 180. And I think you can do a 180, but just start leaving hints. So it's not like, whoa, what? Like, let's say you do want to start doing fitness content, but all you do is lifestyle content. In your vlogs, start showing your workouts more. Start posting yourself in your favorite workout outfits. So people that are interested in fitness can start following you. I think it's better to have like a gradual, hey, this is like my new content and this is kind of what I'm trying to accomplish and this is my rebrand versus just, uh, hey guys, this is totally new. Like with this podcast, I started posting a lot more solo episodes recently and it's because I want you guys to get used to it and I wanted to see how the solo episodes did. And truthfully, the solo episodes sometimes do better than the podcast episodes with guests. And so that's why when I do have guests on, I want it to be very intentional because I know that you guys now trust what I have to say because you guys really like my solo episodes. And so when I do bring on a guest, I hope you know that you 100% will enjoy it no matter who you are. If you like listening to the podcast, you will enjoy the guests that I have on. And so I was very happy that the reception was there when I posted my solo episodes. 
And also, I think when you're going through a rebrand or, you know, you are trying to reinvent yourself, you're trying to be known for something. Like, I want to be known as your 27-year-old friend or, like, cousin or however you want to view it, that, like, big sister, little sister, whatever it is, however old you are, that you're just, like, chatting with and talking about, you know, the unfiltered sides of life. And whether that's business, whether that's dating, whether that's friendships, whether that's motivation, like, I want you to feel like we are just chatting about it and in this, like, little group chat together. And so, I'm not afraid to like lean into that. And so now across all platforms, I'm going to kind of like be that girl that like, oh, I follow her because of, you know, we just always feel like we're like just chatting as friends. And I don't want you to be afraid to be like that girl for whatever you're trying to like reinvent yourself for. If you're trying to get into fitness and you're, you know, scared because people are going to be like, oh my gosh, she thinks she's like a fitness girl now. She thinks that she's like, you know, this workout, like Pilates hit, whatever it is. Yeah, be that girl. Like you should want to lean in and be that girl. Like when I follow people on TikTok, I'm trying to think of people that I've followed recently. Like I followed Wishbone Kitchen because she was a private chef. She's no longer a private chef, but you know what she still is? She still makes great recipes and is a chef and is also in her 20s. And I'm like, wait, I want to go to like a dinner party with you. And now I don't even follow her just for her food content. I follow her because like I really, really love how like hospitable. Is that the right word? Like she's just like a warm, kind person, but she she was that girl, like that private chef. She was that chef. She was that cook. Like she's going to come out with a cookbook and like, I definitely want to buy it. You know, it's like that was her brand. She could have just been like, oh, I don't want that to be my brand. Like, what do I know about, you know, I'm only 20 something. Like maybe I don't know that much about cooking or whatever, but she didn't. She leaned into it. She had other things going on. Private chef was not her entire identity, but she decided to lean into it and became kind of like that girl. And so with like startup content for me, I am not the most experienced founder. I'm not the most experienced tech founder. I haven't built the most successful company. Like we're getting there, you know, but I don't have that experience yet. But I'm leaning into being that like startup tech founder girl. And I'm okay with that. And I think we need to just like lean into it. Like I follow Maggie Sellers and she's a VC. And I'm sure she feels imposter syndrome sometimes but she inspires so many people. She's inspired me to make content. Her content is one of my favorites. She's so educational. She's so resourceful. And she was like literally on the wrong side of Twitter the other week. And a bunch of guy VCs were like making fun of her for leaning into being this like hot, smart, rich girl, which is her brand. And they're like, oh my gosh, is this satire? What the heck is this? And I'm like, no, lean into it because that's your brand and people are going to really resonate with it. And so... I think with this rebrand, I'm trying to like lean into being this like unfiltered, just like your friend pulling back the curtain of the highlight reel. And I hope that I'm known for that. And then when I bring on like business people, I'm known for being like that startup girl. So it makes sense when I bring those people on too. So yeah, I think just don't be afraid to like lean into your identity. And also, I do think if you are going to rebrand, you've already started creating content, you kind of want to rebrand into something else. Even if it's just for like personal life stuff, I think it's so fun to have like a huge announcement and to make it such a big deal. Like make it a big thing. People will remember announcements. If I launched Rella and I was like, oh, by the way, I just launched Rella. 
that would be so lame. Like, no, no, no. I had this huge announcement about it. I posted all over social media. My stories were full of it. I had like follow the Instagram account. Like ever it was a big, big, big thing. With this rebrand, again, I'm posting it all over social media. I'm making it a big thing. I'm not just changing the cover photo and posting it on my story and being like, ta-da. Like I'm making a whole post. I want people to comment. I want people to feel like this is an exciting change because it is. And even if you've like never posted on social media and let's say you want to start posting, you're like, okay, I kind of want to start posting my fitness content. I'm using fitness content as an example today because it's something I'm very far removed from. But let's say you want to do that. Post about it. Don't just post a workout video and be like, wait, what? Why is this girl posting a workout video? Post a photo of you in a workout set and like your name and like be like, guys, this is what I'm going to start posting on here. Can't wait for you to follow along the journey. Like make it be a journey for them. Make it be, make it be like an era in your life that people are excited to follow along with. So I think it's fun to have a big announcement and people are going to remember that and it's going to get people excited. And that way people aren't going to be confused when you start posting this like new content. It's going to make sense and they're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it because she posted about it. And it's just fun and it creates hype. And I think creating hype when you're going through any sort of rebrand or building a business is honestly such a good way to like bring people to your stuff because if you're not excited about this rebrand why would anyone else be excited like you should be the most excited person in the room so that's kind of how I feel about it like make a big announcement and when you guys see this big announcement on my social media make sure to hype me up guys please So those are kind of like my quick tips on rebranding and kind of like pivoting your content or just like coming up with like a new era for yourself. And I'm so excited for this new era of this podcast. I'm excited for the guests that I'm going to have on. I've already kind of like started introducing some guests that I've really, really loved and wanted to have on forever. I hope that you guys have been enjoying the video podcast as well. If you have, please be sure to leave a comment. It's obviously still going to be on audio, but I just love the video aspect of it. I've been really into video podcasts lately. And let me know which guests you want to see on the podcast and what topics you want me to cover. So anyways, thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next Monday on another episode of The Real Real Podcast. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed. And don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey, my name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. 
I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the mom room podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood.